Hey, you guys, uh, this is Phil with Waste Vision. You might know me from Filthy Talk. As you can hear, I'm still recovering with my voice a bit from a tour I did with Bull Market. I ended up screaming my ass off, and I had to pay for it a bit. I've also been sick. Uh, so, yeah. Speaking of sickness, there's obviously some crazy stuff happening right now around the country and around the world. And I thought that we would come forward, Waste Division, as some kind of voice in this. I want to underline that we are not trying to claim sort of any sort of truth or reality with this reporting. Part of what's happened in my mind is that our institutions have failed us so much with the inform- information that they've failed to provide us with such a serious thing that's about to happen that... Like right now, I kind of have no choice but to come forward, but to speak on it. Uh, It seems like we need some kind of voice on this that maybe has some idea of what's going on. Uh, There's another part of this that's going to be completely different compared to what many people use news as. So right now we are going to function as a news organ. Um, But I don't want people to treat it in the same way that they treat normal news Normally, people treat news maybe as they treat church, which is where they go there and they expect to hear some kind of truth and then they can operate on that truth throughout the day. It's become clear that this mode of operation doesn't work. Uh, Much of the stuff we see from mainstream news sources does not help us with realities that are actually here and that we have to deal with. And part of the problem, I think, is that people have given up critical thinking in the way they interact with this stuff. If you're treating news like a church, it means that you're taking it for granted. You're tra- you're taking its truth for granted. And right now, I think that is important not to do. So we are going to report on stuff, but I want you to understand that we're going to report on it from a position that says, hey, we don't really know what's going on either. And all we have to rely on is different stuff that we hear or read about and our analysis skills that we use to determine the credibility of these things. I happen to have a good background in analysis because of my study of English and philosophy, good background in reading, also have some background in law, and I have kind of thought of myself as a social critic, uh, a closeted social critic for some time, but I've decided, uh, as in many situations in my life, actually to come out of the closet or realize that I was in a closet and decided that I needed to come out. So this is one of those... I have thought of myself as a scrappy journalist for some time, um, trying to determine truths and put them out in some way or another. My first experience with this was when I went to Standing Rock over Thanksgiving that year. I think it was 2016, maybe. 
um, I ended up writing an essay about the conditions there and as I read them. Now, part of the new take on news is that um, we can no longer expect news organizations to convey an objective news point. So I don't even want to try for that. I never have thought that claiming to be objective was very effective anyway. Um, I just want to present this stuff as things that I see and want you to know that my analysis skills are good, but they might be bad in some cases. I'm just trying to get some information that seems dependable out to the public and out to my friends and family, really, um, about how to handle this crisis effectively based on what I've heard from friends that I have contact with in Italy, in Seattle, and in L.A. where this is really popping off. I also have friends in New York City, so I'm going to be trying to talk to them. One of my friends there might have uh, COVID-19, and he's fine. He's young. He's 27 or so, um, but it will be interesting to see how he handles it. He hasn't gone out of his house since Thursday, so... If you have any uh, symptoms, please stay in your house. Even if you don't have symptoms, this virus has <clears throat> an incubation period of 4 to 14 days. So you could spend up to two weeks walking around, coughing on things, w touching things with your hands, passing it around to people, uh, passing it to your grandparents. Uh, you might pass it to a, a person who is strong and who might get it. Um, also, we get very contagious very quickly if we get this virus. So you could pass it to somebody in the store uh, by coughing on them. If you're within six feet of them, they might inhale the virus and get it. And then by the time they get home, maybe, I don't know if this is exactly how it works, but I know it's fast. Um, they might get home, they might go visit somebody old, and they might breathe on them, and then they might give them the virus, and that person might deal with it, might not deal with it as well as a young person or somebody who is uh, otherwise, like, physically very healthy compared to an old person or somebody with an immunodeficiency disorder. Um, so please don't go out. Please do not, uh, well, please, I guess, in state different, sanitation measures in your own home i have been washing my hands whenever i get to a place trying not to touch anything on my way to the sink and then when i leave a place i'll wash before i go and then of course i'll wash again when i get to the next place uh i've been spraying my doorknobs with bleach and letting it sit for a few minutes before i wipe it uh this is a decent sanitation measure as i understand it again i'm not an expert but i have a a pretty good background with medical shit um, and other types of important information. Um, I talked to my friend Bree Ripley in this podcast who is in Seattle and Seattle is getting really crazy really quickly right now. There's some talk of martial law going on and very tight quarantine measures with curfews and things like that. Again, this is unverified, but based on the speed of things unraveling in Italy and elsewhere, it seems like we can uh, analogize. We can draw an analogy between those instances and what's going to happen in our country where we have seen a bad management of this by the government, by Trump. Trump actually, I'm pretty sure, suppressed this actively at first. There's a story on Reddit of a medical um, worker who whose p patient tested positive for COVID. And so they submitted this information to the system and they got a message back from the federal office saying, hey, thanks for letting us know, but you can stop testing now. 
Um, so if this is the case, the office, uh, the Trump's Trump office, perhaps actively told people not to test in addition to not providing for adequate testing supplies. So we actually don't really know what the fuck is going on. There are 14,000 um, reported cases of the or, so I'm sorry, 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 4,000 reported cases of this. Uh, in the U.S. right now or somewhere thereabouts, as I have seen on the Internet. And I've also heard about places in Colorado, places in Oregon who only have 100 tests. So with the amount of exchange that happens in our country on an interstate level, it's likely that Seattle and L.A. have been popping off and we'll see a much more delayed but um, effective or uh, significant response or effect in like in Colorado and in more uh how would you say isolated or less metropolitan areas obviously Seattle LA and uh, New York City are international points of exchange for the US and will probably be the main hot spots but god knows i mean i have a friend in New York City right now who's going to come back and he, uh, he's supposed to come back Wednesday. I'm not sure if travel will be restricted by then. Probably not. But um, I don't know if he'll be carrying it. And like I don't know if I will choose to see him or not. I'm actually honestly not really sure how we'll work that out. But uh, we should take this stuff very seriously. As I understand it, uh, the U.S. economy is about to grind to n- a near halt. Uh, in Italy, I have cousins there. They've been holed up for a bit, for a week or Plus, I'm actually, I need to talk to them. My next podcast is probably going to be <clears throat> with my uncle who works in the UN there in Rome. Um, so, yeah, uh, things are about to shut down. In Seattle already, they've put a moratorium on evictions, so landlords cannot demand rent from you. So please don't go to work. Uh, if you have a credit card, if you're privileged enough to have a credit card, please use that to moderately reasonably buy your essential groceries do not go buy a bunch of toilet paper buy what you might need for a week or two Um, grocery lines are still going to remain open from my understanding so there's not really reason to freak out about that Um, anyway yeah take care of each other wash your hands a lot stay inside do not go to parties don't go out this is not a snow day so um, I hate to rant at you like this, but it seems like we need to get some talk out that is uh, of quality. So speaking of that, here is an on-the-ground report from my friend Bree Ripley, who has a background in journalism and in podcasting and, and reporting. I trust her perspective a lot, but again, uh, this is just based on what she's seeing from her computer and probably from a very isolated standpoint Again, none of us really has a good idea of the reality of what's going on here, and we don't pretend to. We just want to start a conversation about it and put out information that we are pretty sure is good. So with all that in mind, please enjoy my talk, which was on the phone from uh, Billings, Montana, where I am in my house with my cat, Cleo, who just had kittens. They're very cute. Um, And I talked with Bree Ripley in Seattle. Uh, So, yeah. I hope it is worthwhile. Everybody, uh, much love. Try to be generous. Don't fucking hoard your toilet paper. We, it's time to cooperate. It's, it's not time to, to be greedy. Okay, thanks.
Perfect. I'm recording now. Would you mind saying um, go for me on a count of three? We'll go like rock, paper, scissors, shoot with go. Okay. Ready? One, One two. two. Oops. Three. Go. Go. Okay. I think we got it. I just need to line the beginning of that up. Okay. Um. Okay. Thanks, Bree. Sure. Hello. How... How's it going? Hi. Hi. I am okay. I feel like mostly very healthy. I have a couple of symptoms that, of course, my anxiety is exacerbating into thinking that all is perhaps not quite well, but I'm yeah. self-quarantining, isolating, and I have the immense privilege of working from home so that's what i'm up to right now word um you're in seattle obviously yep i'm in the epicenter of uh, covid19 in the u.s yeah can you i mean you and i have been in touch a lot over the last couple of days um so I have some understanding of what's going on, but like, can you kind of reiterate, especially, I don't know if there's new shit happening today, but yeah, there is actually. So here, okay. here's a little backup, um, backing up like two weeks ago, two weeks ago, um, was when we in Seattle started to understand that, um, there was this novel coronavirus and it was wreaking havoc largely on elderly care centers. And right. the majority of deaths that have occurred as a result of COVID-19 wreaking its havoc in the greater Seattle area come from people who were living in elderly care centers. Um, oh. So that's where about 50% of the deaths today come from that are um, known caused by COVID-19 in Seattle in Seattle. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's something to like understand and be aware of. Um, it's, it's pretty, the deaths right now are pretty, um, much aligned with the healthcare workers that have worked in these centers and patients. So that's scary. Damn. Yeah. Um, it's really scary yeah. when you start hearing that healthcare workers are passing away. Um, oh yeah. <clears throat> so, um, another thing that's going on um, is things seem to change with this disease in the matter of like 48 hours. Like one day we'll all have like the rumor machine going because like anxiety is really high as you can imagine right now. Um, people yeah. are just like speculating all the time and honestly they're being really mean to each other on the internet which isn't really helping anything. Um, nice. And then they're like very, you know, uh, insistent on being kind when they're the whole way that they're going about this is like not at all kind it's like screaming to <laughs> be kind yeah or like um shaming for um what one person's understanding and use of like social distancing is um versus another like uh oh. you know we'll, we'll get into that a little bit um because i think it's sure. it's really important right now for all of us to understand what social distancing means and, and how we can each participate 
and yeah. stop the spread of a unprecedented, at least in our time and in even our parents' time, um, yeah. pandemic and public health emergency of international concern. So, so yeah. So actually, I have some. Yeah. One more thing, I, Phil. It, today, yeah, yeah. the governor and the county executive are going to hold a joint um conference and we might hear more um about what's going on but as of last night all of seattle's bars restaurants and gyms have been ordered to be shut down and only restaurants can operate as a to-go only capacity and delivery food still remains an option as well um but it seems like we're getting to a point where everything including libraries are shut down public services are shut down and now the city is scrambling to figure out how to take care of the people who are most at risk due to these shutdowns like minimum wage workers people who normally rely on child care for their jobs and public schools are closed so um, a, right. Yeah, a lot is going on. So, I I guess I have a bunch of thoughts, obviously, with all this. But just starting from there, how likely is it? Do you think, like, because in my mind, delivery service is still sure. fairly dangerous. Sure. Yeah. So, like, is this gonna last very long, even, or are we gonna see like total shutdown of restaurants and bar? Are bars delivering booze or allowing takeouts on booze? That's another question I had. Yeah, good question. No, because it's not New Orleans, unfortunately. I wish. Oh, I see. But, uh, you know, I have heard of at least one um, undercover service in the city here um, that is actually (laughs) delivering cocktails. Uh, Amazing. To your door. Yeah, you have to like DM <laughs> an Instagram, but yeah, it's real. You gotta make you gotta make some money when your society relies on capitalism. Or when there's a lot of alcoholics in your society. That we all have <laughs> that different need their methods. Booze. Yeah, we all have different <laughs> methods to cope. Um, the other thought I had is about what you said with old elderly people. Yeah. Not old, not 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 old ones, but all elderly people. Um, like my grandma has been in not the best spot health wise yeah. for like a year or two. Um, we just had a family meeting on Saturday with this because um, their retirement home was no longer taking visitors, so we had to meet at my dad's house. Um, but there's this thing like so so I pretty much decided at, at that meal that I probably wasn't going to see my grandma again for a while. Yeah. Um which is really fucked up because like in that time she might actually like have some really serious shit happen with this. Right. Um I also have concerns about people being in retirement homes at all even if they're locked down like retirement homes have kitchens where like normies wander in from the outer world with or without the virus, m- maybe not showing symptoms of it, and then coughing and handling trays that then get sent to rooms of people. And like, so while I feel like I'm doing what I can to keep space from her, I also have a big concern about just the general attitude of the institution she's in. Uh, like I've been encouraging them to maybe think about finding another place to be. 
Uh, but do you have any thoughts about that shit? Yeah, that stuff is really hard, Phil. I feel for you, and my immediate thoughts go center on um, the my ability to have empathy for your situation, which comes to, you know, my grandma, who is 79 and lives with my dad, who had, who is HIV positive. So, right. you know, there's absolutely no way that I can visit my parents. In fact, um I sat in the car outside of my grandma's house just a couple of days ago and talked to them on the phone while they were looking at me through the window and dropped off some Damn. stuff on their doorstep that I had Lysoled and Cloroxed. Um, so I didn't get them sick, you know? And right. because, you know, it, it sucks and it's really scary, but the most we can do right now is just assume that we're all carriers, even if we're not showing any symptoms or especially right. because I have symptoms like a sore throat today, you know, like right. I, I cannot be around anybody and nobody should come over to my apartment or pet the cats I've been petting for the last mm. 24 hours. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Um, because yeah, like there's a huge risk of, of hurting people and it's really painful when it's mm-hmm. so close like that, when it's somebody who's so not only close to you in proximity, but close to you when it comes to how much you care about them and and i do think that the the important thing right now is that your grandma right now is like really is safe and you it's really hard to trust that systems are going to give the care that people need um yeah but it's literally people's jobs to protect vulnerable people like um, in such cases, like your grandma and like my dad, you know, like, right. um, and we right now, I think just need to understand what our influence is and what we have control over. And we can't control the kind of care our family chooses to receive or is subject to right now. Um, mm. but we can influence it by just practicing in our communities, really proper hygiene right. and social distancing practices. Right. Right. For sure. That's kind of the main thing. And that's something I guess that's striking to me about this as well is like uh, the extent to which like big institutions are unprepared to deal with this because they move too quickly um, compared to the speed of the virus and how fast it spreads. Uh, It seems like now it's really incumbent on citizens and people to like do their own research and like figure out the best practices for this totally um because the recommendations we're getting are like not maybe as uh firm as they need to be or something or just Uh, like yet concise or detailed or consistent right you know like none of these things are happening you know exactly hey and it just seems like it's random like you know one day everyone's still going to their bar jobs and then hours later the governor shuts down bars and restaurants so bartenders who are still serving people with open tabs are like holy fucking shit this is illegal right now you know like technically like that's what happened last night with a bunch of people and there's like these really cute pictures of people all in the same room on their computers and then you realize they're filing for unemployment oh and it breaks your heart you know like who knows what the hell is going to happen with the economy? I can only speak to like what I've done based on 
my immense privilege as somebody who is working from home and and has a little bit of savings. I definitely took out a chunk of my savings and put at least a thousand dollars in cash in a safe in my room. Um, right. Because I I don't know what's going to happen, especially if the stock market crashes and debit cards you know may not may or may not work for some reason right you know you just don't know you don't know what's gonna happen for sure and that unknowing causes a lot of panic for some people and it causes a lot of um strange behaviors especially from people in our communities who already experience a amount of anxiety and like obsessive compulsive disorder syndrome symptoms um Mm. you know like we this is a really difficult time especially for people who have mental health disorders for sure um it is interesting too speaking of anxiety i saw something online about how like people with high anxiety normally might actually interact with this better because it's it's more in their wheelhouse i guess um i've been kind of feeling that like i definitely am an anxious person like thinking about how things can go wrong all the time uh but now that things have i feel like a little bit prepared for it uh however it's kind of crazy i was talking to one of my buddies earlier he's like uh his mom actually is dealing with cancer uh and he's like, yeah, normally, like, I'd be kind of stoked to see all this shit, like, breaking down and, like, us, like, having to kind of figure out our values or whatever. And I think there's an aspect of that that remains, but he was saying, like, when there's such a personal tie, like, if you have a grandma or a mom, it's also like, damn, this isn't really, like, a cool post-apocalyptic narrative. Like, when it's personal, it becomes clear, like... Yeah, it's not really time to party. Like, it's time to fucking self-quarantine and start doing these things to take it seriously. Yeah, it's not a time to party. I made the decision yesterday to show up to a fundraiser bake sale that included weed edibles. Um, Right when this fundraiser bake sale first started, at like 2 o'clock. And there were three people in the room um one of them was a witch who read my tarot (laughs) right right and helped me uh (laughs) determine a course of action i need to take on canceling a trip coming up of mine in a couple of weeks because it's spring you know like this is the time when people take those spring break vacations and (laughs) now we're all gonna be in our homes (laughs) right and uh you know, I was I showed up and then I bought a bunch of edibles and then I ate one because duh. And then I was kind of standing around like talking to people, you know, friends. I was like, you know, like we're all practicing really good hygiene. We're not we're staying away from each other here. Um, I'm here just to grab edibles and then peace out. And then all of a sudden I started noticing more and more people coming. And that's when yeah. I got really uncomfortable. I was like, oh, yikes. You know, I wouldn't have this many people in my own home i wouldn't be right going to a public event if i didn't know these people you know like so that's some kind of like strange 
um, psychology I'm, I'm doing right now just because I know these people doesn't mean that they're not, we're not going to transmit the disease to each other. And I got out mm-hmm. of there. I like, I, I left, I felt really awkward. I felt bad. Um, right. I got home, I washed my hands, I Lysoled my edible containers. Um, and I got continued to get super stoned and, and then I, you know, when my partner came home from a long hike, I was like, dude, we got to cancel our trip. Like we can't get yeah. on an airplane and we definitely shouldn't be going to another town. Um, can you imagine what the people in Joshua Tree National Park would have to say to us mm-hmm. if we told them we were coming from Seattle? They'd stay the fuck right. away from us, you know, right, like right, right. we're coming from the epicenter of the USA's COVID-19 outbreak. Cool. You know, like well, and they're already by new, by L.A. there, so yeah, totally. Yeah. That's another hot spot, and like, yeah, <laughs> it's just it, it's just we can't treat this like it's nothing. But it's also really important, I think, not to get ahead of ourselves, and also not to, um, not to like just to be careful between like what the the difference between rational and kind of neurotic behaviors are and Mm. to be checking ourselves because we're going to weaken our immune systems if we're acting neurotically irrationally and out of fear which is what we're supposed to be strengthening right now is like our immune systems crazy yeah um so speaking of kind of practical rational measures to take um i assume that you've you've bought out the entire stock of Costco's toilet paper and you're selling it on eBay or something. Is that right? It's so evil. Oh my gosh. So evil. It's so bad. It's so bad. And not only that, but, um, it's so unnecessary. Like I wish they would give more direct guidance on what we need to prepare for, because I think the, the lack of direct clear advice on, stocking up on provisions what that means and what the purpose is for um the purpose of stocking up on provisions of any kind is to right now as we understand it during this pandemic in this moment on march 16th 2020 is to practice good social distancing like not go to the grocery store a gajillion times in one week like like if you're like me you're the kind of person who buys enough food for one week and then every other day you'll go to the store for like a random ingredient item you need to make you know some ambitious recipe and and that was my relationship with the grocery store before we were in the middle of a pandemic (laughs) you know it was pretty casual but now um they're recommending essentially the way i understand it is for us to be more strategic and some people are Mm -hmm. interpreting that as we need to hunker down and have as much you know supplies for two months and make sure that you know my family is prepared for this because we don't we don't want to get sick and we can't afford that but the reality is is like everybody's like that everybody is trying to not get sick and trying to get what they need right now and the people who are overzealous and acting really neurotically freaky about this are keeping other people who are just as in need as them from having things and I think that's right. that's immoral. I think it's evil. I yeah. I think it's wrong. And well, it's I mean, also unnecessary. Up, 
Stocking up for two months is one thing even, but and then selling it is a whole other level. No, it's bad. It's just another iteration, or at least just like this prime example of how broken capitalism is. Yeah. And I also think that it's so unnecessary to have that much toilet paper right now. Personally, <laughs> as somebody who owns a bidet, I don't really. I, I oh, feel. I'm jealous. Yeah, I just I feel, I feel like I'm in this position where like I, I have enough toilet paper, but don't always use it. <laughs> you know well, what I'm saying? Like I don't know. That's a. That's a pretty unique position, actually. I'm jealous of that. For yeah, sure. bidets are the future. Everyone should get a bidet. <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny, like, the toilet paper thing is a total, in my mind, like mis. Uh, it's not misnomer, but it's total like mischaracterization of like our troubles, essentially. Like, everybody's worried about toilet paper, but they're not thinking about like what it might mean for America's economy to shut down for a month or two. Right. Which is, like, way crazier. Like, yo, you should be worried about, like, food, medicine. Like, is your water going to stay on? Right. Um, which, like, there's there's answers for some of those things that are much more helpful to handle this rationally. Like, uh, which I kind of wanted to get into, like, some of the fundamentals with this to like if and i don't know there's not a lot maybe that we could say with definition about what's going to happen but as far as our understandings of what's happened elsewhere and what might happen here like so one thing that you said is that people are worried about getting sick right they're worried about protecting their families everyone's worried yeah they're protect they're worried about protecting their families their kids but like if you look at the stats on this there's a 30 to 70% chance of infection i guess it, depending on where you look which by those numbers right like i was in the the kitchen with my grandparents and parents that day trying to think about this and what i was going to do with them and i was like yo looking at the numbers of this 30 to 70% there's six or seven of us in this room like two to four of us are going to get this. Right. So, like, if we work from that reality, what does it mean? And to me, that's kind of a fundamental that is being overlooked because people, I mean, it's going to be dark. Like, people understandably literally cannot wrap their head around what it means for the American economy to have to shut down for two months. Right. But, like, that fundamental shows how that is possible and likely and we should maybe work from that reality. Right. Is that am I off base here? No, I don't think you are, Phil. I think like the reality of the situation is like this is a very serious issue right now that our government at first, our federal administration, mocked and said was just likely a hoax and was gonna go yeah. away when the warm weather heats up. Like that is nice a lot of reason to be afraid and i think fear is an appropriate response to this but i also believe that it's important to understand that the reality of the situation is that like yes it's likely that we will all know somebody even in our families who is seriously impacted by this coronavirus and it's really important to understand 
what that means and that we're all at risk of being put in an impossible situation, right? And nobody wants to prepare for the potential of a loved one to get sick, especially a loved one with immunodeficiencies, immunocompromisations, and we definitely don't want any of the elderly in our families, in our lives, to get this disease because that's going to be tough for them too. And, and yeah. the fact of the matter is, is like, this is a disease that works based on what your immune system is like. So literally no one is safe. And, and that is the mm. scary part is, is like, just because we're young and healthy doesn't mean that it's not going to impact us in a way that might be severe or right. at least warrant a trip to the emergency room. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is scary. And so I think, apologies, my kitten just knocked over a glass. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I think, you know, no, I don't think it's out of whack to be imagining that this is something that could have true, real, devastating consequences on each of our lives because this is that kind of thing, and that's what makes this so scary. Right. Well, so before I I kind of take a turn here, well, maybe I'll tell you where, what I'm thinking. Like, it seems like during a time of of uncertainty, it's helpful to have some positive spins on things. I guess you could say. Um, I've been rethinking, or I've been thinking about like how much this virus makes us like reconsider so many aspects of our life of our totally. of our lives um one of them is like this kind of basic fucking switch where we have to stop just thinking about ourselves like this virus provides a very material very clear instance and proof that we are not as alone as maybe like modern ideology under american capitalism say would think like we are not these isolated um, rational economic pieces that just move around like we're kind of no matter how you slice it we're part of a community and now it becomes clear because we have to like be very cautious in a real way about how we operate right like how we spread and if we decide that we want to go to a party for pleasure, actually having to consider that that is a real risk to our loved ones. Yeah, unfortunately, so, like, like I just don't think people should be going to parties for pleasure in anywhere right now. Well, yeah, I mean that's it, but like now we have to actually weigh that, right? Like before, we kind of knew that like going to get binge drunk with our friends was bad anyway sure but now it's like oh it could kill your grandma right right like so this is bad and everything is going sideways but there's kind of a some hope maybe in my mind at least about this attitude that we have to embrace which is a cooperative attitude and that we have to think about each other more and think about how our actions affect each other more and it's going to be hard, but I think that that might be a good lesson, I guess. Yeah, I think it's especially poignant that this is an election year in the United States. 
that we have two yes. Democratic candidates who couldn't be more different. And at the same time, I also think that this is an opportunity for Bernie in a big way to really move universal health care uh, through the American consciousness and get people, get the votes needed to potentially elect him um, as yeah. the prime opponent to POTUS. So that's yeah. that's some actually, if there's any silver lining at all to think about, I think it's just like our uh, ability for those of us to also channel some of this um, anxious energy into figuring out how to remote phone bank for Bernie. You know what I'm saying? Like, For sure. I mean, I was just talking to my friends about doing that the other, just last night. I cannot... Um, just ex just say enough how important it is right now for people to figure out ways while keeping the practices of social distancing in mind and themselves and their family members um, safe, how important it is right now to show up for a candidate like Bernie who wants to give people like us and people who aren't like us, all people in America, whether they're documented or undocumented or, you know. Undocumented aliens, as Joe Biden said during the debate <laughs> so last night. So crazy. I just, Disgusting. you know, I really believe that this is a, unfortunately, it. I don't want to say like an opportunity. Ugh, that just makes me feel gross. Um, this is a time, well, this is a moment that Bernie could... Um, we could see him surge and surpass Biden because um, now more than ever, are we starting to understand that we're not prepared for a global health emergency in the middle of a, a capitalism focused society. Right. Because that's, that's not how capitalism works. Capitalism actually profits off of other people's pain and tragedy and loss and insecurity right. especially capitalism loves a profit off of insecurity and desperation people who are most desperate are the people who get nickel and dimed and juiced for everything that they are in a capitalism system and i think that this is the time right now for us to also start doing more research on socialism start understanding what that means for us what that could mean for our families what that could mean for our future generations and, and most importantly, what we want right now, because right now we need something that's different. And and so I think, you know, um, instead of going out and partying and binge drinking or having a bunch of people come over to your house, like this is a time to understand how we can come together as a collective whole and how we can make a difference with what we're able to do right now. Because I think that we could either just get, you know, fucked up and not think about anything and continue practicing behaviors that we would otherwise without a pandemic or we could really hunker right. down and start making some difficult decisions and actually make a difference by using our time effectively well and this is kind of what's interesting pre and it like it comes back to what i was saying before it's like kind of a whole new world where we're going to be forced to make these decisions i think about what's valuable um like again just to go back to material conditions in seattle they've put a, a moratorium on convictions or sorry e evictions um yeah you're not allowed so to be like, religious in seattle 
<laughs> no, no convictions allowed. But as far as like landlords not being able to 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 demand rent, like this is kind of a groundbreaking thing in America, and it strikes me that America is a young enough country that it hasn't really seen like a really crazy epidemic before, where like shit has to really shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of the new world for America, like. Imagining an America where landlords aren't getting paid is really fucking far out. Like, that's pretty weird to me. I'm not sure it's ever really happened in America, even during the Depression or something. Um, and so I'm just, like, hoping that that people, I guess the silver lining, lining here would be, like, that we can take that space where we have to think like I'm pretty sure a lot of people just are going to have to stay home. We, uh, one thing we haven't talked about is how martial law is maybe a, a, a possibility here, totally. like and curfews, like people having to stay home and people recognizing all the bullshit involved in this because they have a second to think Right, is like something I'm very fascinated with. And that was a little rambly, but. Yeah, I think there's nothing more persuasive when it comes to mandating new social order than military presence. Mm. That's something that we've seen throughout history. When measures are so dire in order to ultimately save Let's be real here. What are governments looking out for? The economy. The economy. The economy. To save the economy. They, it is likely just, you know, I just wish I could be like, quote history and just expect people to know. But I don't. The truth is, is I don't. So, and, and the truth is, is like, I don't know enough either. And I think this is an opportunity for those of us, um, who are really heeding social distancing recommendations and in the case of of my area mandates uh you know i think it's an important opportunity for us to understand and and do the research and, and do the work and to have more more resources to share with our friends and to center ourselves on the reality of the situation, which is, this is pretty severe. And yeah. like, we're nobody I know, you know, close to me right now is an expert, which is also pretty scary. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and I should like in that vein point out that we are not experts speaking on here. Like Definitely we're not. only, we're only dealing with, what we have access to and in our analytical skills to determine if that's credible right. or not, or the, the degree to which it's credible. Um, and then trying to analyze based on that. Right. Um, which is really like what anybody can do. And I guess, thankfully we have some privilege in having education and background in this totally. sort of thing to be able to, to see that and put it together. Um, it's also or put just together like, different. yeah, I think the the one thing that I, I can point to with like the privilege of 
um, higher education is like the learning how to critically think, right? Like um, exactly learning how to differentiate between propaganda and news, learning how to differentiate between uh, noise and ruse and what can be trusted and you know these are all like what we're talking about right now are all our our wanderings our musings our opining speculation speculations yeah Yeah, like we're we're definitely not experts but we're both living through this in um two completely different environments and you know you being in montana and me being in seattle um you know like we're so we're really far away from each other but the the reality is is our environments are likely going to start looking very very similar in the coming weeks do you think so there's been some appearance of seattle or in seattle of military vehicles do you do you have any updates about that today i think it was yesterday that we were talking about that yeah so i i alerted a few journalism friends um and they said they haven't heard anything yet so This was a few reports that I got from some friends who live in that neighborhood in Seattle where they saw the tanks, but they haven't seen the tanks again since Friday, and there's just been more military vehicles present. We'll likely hear a little bit more about what that means since um, it's unlikely that military presence would show up and the governor wouldn't say something about it, and he's due for a press conference today with the King County Executive um, King County is the county that incorporates Seattle and surrounding suburbs. Um, and right. he is supposed what? to have a joint press conference today with the governor. Word. What time is that supposed to happen? I don't know. Nobody knows. It's a weird thing. He just vaguely said uh, tomorrow. Oh, word. Yeah. They're not wow. really giving us concision <laughs> in the midst of this. Us oh, cleaves. crazy. Yeah, it's weird. It's It's really weird, Phil. Yeah. Do you have, uh, have you been keeping up with like cases, the number of cases in Seattle today? So one piece of advice that I recommend everybody do right now is sign up for their county's public health newsletter and start reading it every day and looking at the new press releases by your county's public health authorities website. Um, I subscribe to the King County Public Health Updates, and every single day I get an email with the latest press release describing to me the number of confirmed COVID-19 patients and the number of people who have died as a result of COVID-19, and then they also detail um, where these cases are popping up. Um, So yesterday's press release... um, from King County Public Health was a lot bigger than the press releases of the past. Um, As of yesterday, we had 420 confirmed cases in Seattle, and we had... 420, bro. 420, and 37 confirmed deaths. And Seven, damn. It looks like the deaths are also from residents of a elderly care center. Yeah, I'm sorry to do the 420 joke there, but it's Washington. Um, That's really fucked up. Yeah, of the 37 deaths reported in King County in Seattle, 29 are associated with the elderly care center. So that's something to keep in mind that eight of those. So 
you know. Like a third of them. Yeah, uh, more than that. Yeah. So. So that's not pretty. Well, it's also important to understand that, like, yeah, it's it's not. It's like this is going to wreak havoc on um, on places where there are huge influxes in population of people who are elderly and immunocompromised. Um, but, you know, it's sad. It's like the reality of the situation right now. It's really sad. Yeah, it's sad and bad. Um. Well, I don't know. I I feel like I don't want to go too far into other speculations, even though I have them. Um, is there any other like tips? And you've been really good giving us kind of the insider info there in Seattle. Um, All I know is, is there other I stuff. Know. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, if you <sighs> if you want to prepare for this, like the way that I have prepared for this then I recommend like three things that one, you limit your grocery store shopping to once a week, once every two weeks, if you can manage it, that you're really careful when you're going to and from the grocery store, meaning that you'd probably do it during off times. If you live in an area where grocery stores are open really late at night, then go then or go when they first open in the morning. So you can limit your exposure to other people. I would nice. uh, recommend, you know, if you need to use a checkout machine, um, self-checkout rather, then perhaps if you already have, um, you know, some kind of plastic gloves at home, um, go ahead and bring those to use the checkout machines. But, you know, go ahead and skip buying gloves at the store. We need to make sure that medical care uh, supplies are available to folks who really need it. Um, and it's mm-hmm. not necessary if you're washing your, you're doing a really good job of personal hygiene and washing your hands. Um, maybe using hand sanitizer before you go in your car and put your hands on your steering wheel. If you're getting to mm-hmm. the store with your own vehicle and <sighs> it's a difficult time. What about like yeah. phones and keys and little th- like credit cards that you hand to the clerk? Yeah, so like, just going through a process of just like doing a little disinfecting of those things when after you have in real life interactions with people. I've seen people sit standing outside of their car doing a quick spray or a quick wipe of their stuff with uh, Clorox. If you don't have those things... You know, as soon as you get home, soap and water uh, with a rag is totally fine. Um, And it'll do the trick. But, you know, if you have to cough while you're in the store, doing it into your arm and doing it away from other people is also going to keep the people around you's anxiety levels down. As a weed smoker, I have been decreasing the (laughs) amount of weed that I smoke. And I've... Um, now just been basically doing a little bit of like edibles and tinctures because when Word. I'm smoking weed, I'm coughing more often and I don't want to do that around people right now because it's scaring people. Um, right. I think another, my number two recommendation is to take out a little bit of cash and just keep it on you somewhere. Um, hide it somewhere just in case we don't know what's going to happen and it would really suck if your only access to funds 
was via debit or credit card, and those machines weren't working for one reason or another temporarily. Um, for sure. So I would do that. Um, and then my third piece of advice is to find a practice, something that you like to do on a regular basis um, inside and, and do it, whether it's making a cup of tea twice a day, like mm. forming little rituals to keep yourself grounded is going to be really important for self-preservation. We really need to take good care of ourselves and we really need to be practicing social distancing. So um, spending more time al alone can sometimes be a good thing and also checking in on your friends who um, don't do very well with spending time alone um, yeah. can be helpful. I know a lot of people cohabitate with folks, so practicing um, really good hygiene is also going to keep the people that you love or live with healthy. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. Or I guess not cool, but uh, solid. <laughs> I, yeah, we're I could say for myself that I, as a house cleaner, went to the store and bought some Clorox spray and just have been... Um, trying to spray down our handsy services i call them handsy like uh cabinet handles faucet handles obviously light switches and like doorknobs right tv remotes uh the little chain on your fucking fan that you pull on sometimes like anything that might be a hot spot because uh like we said like if you come out of the world or come out from the world and you've got all the junk on your hands and you don't wash, uh, you could spread it really fast. Yeah. Uh, do you, can you verify if this virus, I've heard that it survives for up to three days on different surfaces. Yeah. Is that, I mean, that just according so to what I've heard, like I can't verify that with any kind of degree sure. of expertise yeah, yeah. or accuracy, but that's also what I've heard. And that's why it's important to be, doing diligence that said you know like fuck dude there's so many people i know who can't work right now and who are out of a yeah. job for the rest of at least march if not through the end of april yeah you're talking to one of them probably yeah it's it's scary right now so ugh, i just I, the best thing that we can do is to just limit the amount of contact that we have with other people <sighs> and and keep keep up with the good work of staying immensely clean as far as those shared surfaces you're talking about and yeah giving those good clean but you know people's hair salons here closed down um, nail yeah. salons mandated by the governor who's who said right. that you can't have group gatherings of less than 50 people unless you're adhering to proper social distancing recommendations which means you have to stay at least six feet away from people and so that means you can't receive like any services right you know i'm mm. trying to figure out like okay should i go to the chiropractor tomorrow since it's like a, you know it's technically like unnecessary you know i could mm. be i don't want to potentially give my chiropractor a you know transmit it to them if i'm a carrier like what right like doing all these calculations is what we're supposed to be doing right now like how medically necessary or how necessary is me 
going out in the world and interacting with somebody right now. That said, it's also really important to take breaks to like go for a walk and go for a run and like avoid people along the way. But, you know, staying healthy and staying clear headed is really important. Right, right, right. Um, One protocol that struck me recently as I was cleaning Airbnbs because I didn't want to be transferring uh, germs between them was just to wash my hands whenever I arrive at a place and wash my hands as soon as I leave. Yeah, that's Um, a really good, really good practice. And I hope more people can start doing that. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, even like in my house, I would have to open the front door so I touch that surface, but then I can walk to the sink and wash right there so that I don't touch anything else in my house. Um, Right on. Seems like a... A decent plan. That's awesome. So, I don't know. Um, This is all crazy. Thank you, Bree, for making time. I guess it's kind of funny because some of us have more time now. So, I thought I would fucking jump on the horn and start trying to gather some data from different people. So, I really appreciate appreciate that from you. Of course. I can't wait to hear what other people have to say. And if you... I can't... I'm looking forward to you know, more tactics and strategies that we can share with each other to keep ourselves centered on surviving this in every way that that means to everyone because it's going to be different for all of us. And I mm-hmm. hope that we can minimize the amount of shame that we inspire and start maximizing the amount of just influence by being good role models by being good practitioners ourselves by being influential rather than preachy um right. you know i think that's that's way more adoptable as if you are looking at somebody who you think is doing a good job rather than looking at somebody who you think is going to be spared from public mire because they're being so saintly or whatever you know i think that's a huge difference oh right (laughs) um my boss is about to call me so i gotta hop off word love you phil thanks for doing what you're doing thank you be safe talk to you later bye bye thanks for checking out this conversation with my friend brie in seattle regarding the covid crisis in america um, please be safe. Please be sure to wash your hands. I don't think I have to tell you any of this stuff if you've made it this far in the podcast, but, um, get ready for things to get kind of weird. I don't know exactly how, but it's definitely going to be different. Uh, I am just going to stick one of my band's songs on the end of this. It's called rash. It's about having a rash and I don't know. It seems like applicable. Also, rash is how somebody behaves when they're being uh, irrational. So, um, check out waste-division.org if you want uh, more stuff like this. Or we also have, if you want a break from news bullshit and if you're stuck at home bored, go check out all our arty offerings there. Uh, We've been working a long time to um, curate different local art uh, from artists, visual artists, musicians, and different stuff. Um, 
And also check me out on Instagram. I'm at FilthyG6. That's spelled P-H-I-L-T-H-Y-G-6. I'm obsessively kind of sifting through this stuff and sharing my process of analysis uh, through my story. There's a fuckload of stuff on there. Uh, but if you kind of carefully look at it, I hope that you can do your own research and verify things, uh, and see what you think and get good information on your hands because that's something that's important. Unlike getting, uh, the coronavirus on your hands, the, the COVID virus, uh, yeah, stay inside folks. Don't, don't interact with your old, your old folks, friends, your, your grandparents. Okay. Bye-bye.